Hey guys, hope everybody's doing well. What day is today? It's, it actually looks, it looks quite nice outside, but looks can be quite deceiving, I suppose, is what we could say, because I know that it's not very nice outside. It's been a bit stormy lately, and so I think today, today's like before the marathon, it's Thursday, I think I said that, maybe I didn't say that. Um, but today's like the last little day. I'm sorry, I'm just putting a blister plaster around my, my wee baby toe. Oh shit, look at that rub. Fuck, this is the problem with marathon. Like, there's just, you put a blister plaster on, then you're afraid the plaster's gonna rub something else. Jesus Christ, my wee poor feet. That's not ideal. That is not ideal at all. My feet are in a bad way. Oh dear. Anyway, it's Thursday, so um we're getting very close to um race day and today's like kinda today's the last free day. That's what I call today. It's a free day. And what I mean by that is it's the last day that basically I'm free because as of tomorrow, tomorrow you travel. Um, and so because I'm traveling, it's, you know, sorry, hold on. It goes without saying, it's not a free day. Um, I have to be somewhere at a certain time, do something, obligations. Whereas today's just a nice and simple free day. Um, so interesting enough, closer to races i i am very 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 excited for rotterdam very excited but what can tend to happen as you get closer to the race is you can kind of lose a bit of that excitement because then excitement kind of turns to <clears throat> nerves or worries or concerns that you might have over you know fitness maybe something hurts a little bit etc etc whereas quite nicely as this week has progressed i've kind of okay i've just got more excited i'm gonna i'm gonna talk a bit about the race um we'll call it like ambition and then we'll talk about the build-up so for oh shit i'm supposed to return all these oh i'm gonna talk about that too actually today today i'm gonna declutter a little bit i have a terrible habit of spending too much money and i also have a terrible habit of having um too much of certain things i'm gonna close this door as the hoover's on um so as I look around, you know, it's not enough for me to have like one coat. I have like three coats. As I look around, it's not enough for me to have one pair of shoes. There's one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. There's six pair of shoes in this little sitting room. I don't even want to go into my bedroom. But I watched a video yesterday while I was getting my new tattoos done. I watched a video on... I guess just like simplifying your life, cutting cutting down on some of the crap 
basically. And I just have a lot of crap. It's actually not crap. It's actually all probably pretty good stuff. But a lot of it's just very unnecessary, you know? And so I really should um, look at simplifying my life a little bit and cutting down on a few things. And, um, you know, if I've ordered shit on Amazon, I should probably just return it. Um, But yeah, so look, that's another, I'm going to do that today, actually, because I think that's going to feel really good. But I'm actually telling you about Rotterdam, the build-up. So the build-up, the build-up has been a constant battle of um, willingness. When I ran really poorly in 2021, for me, I'm, you know, I, I know the results are relative and what I would classify as poor, you know, might be someone else's dream result. And so relatively speaking, it was the first year in, I think, four years that I didn't run a personal best. <coughs> Apologies. So I think it was the first year in four years that I didn't run a personal best, which, you know, that to me, five years, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. I actually ran a PB in 2016, 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, five years in a row, PBs. First year, not only was it my first year that I didn't run a personal best, it was my my worst year in the marathon so i ran my it's the first time i've dnf the marathon which you know i i finished london in 2016 with a torn quad um and it was really bad that was really really bad that was kind of stupid um so it was the first time i'd ever dnf the marathon and then i you know go on a couple of weeks later to run my slowest ever marathon now I think when you look at it on paper, to me, to me, this was not obvious. Let me tell you, this was not obvious to me at all. But I think to anybody looking on, they'd have been like, this kid's a fucking mess. You know, he's, he's not gonna, he's not gonna go and run a world-class race or blah, blah, blah. As much as I might've wanted to convince myself you know, I was, I was a mess. Let's be honest. I was a, a complete mess. So I'm, I'm not going to be too hard on myself about 2021. Um, but I did, I did kind of learn something because I, I did kind of get to a point where I was kind of like, I can't, I can't go on like this. This can't like, this can't continue. If that makes sense, you know, like it, the, the, the psychology kind of moved to this place where, where it was kind of saying to itself, you know, I I can't survive in that mindset anymore, in that headspace anymore, because I got really close. First of all, I got really close to, and I'm not talking suicide here, but I got really close to giving up on life a little bit. And, and you know, I'd, I'd sit and I, I didn't want to struggle anymore. I didn't want to, you know, experience the, the feelings in my head that I was feeling because, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky and, um, I'm really, really lucky in that I've clearly been blessed with lovely things, um, talents, you know, whatever I've been blessed with, it's led to me having some lovely, lovely things, you know, money in the bank. So I can pretty much 
buy things if I want them. You know, I have a nice car. Um, and there's been hard work, of course there has, but I'm still very willing to accept that you're maybe you're blessed with genetics, maybe you're blessed with a hard work and ethic, things like this. Now you're not blessed with all of that. And so of course I've done a good job with what I've been given. But but it's really tough then when you know you know that you are call it blessed and you know that you know you should be really grateful and and all of a sudden you you start waking up and and you're not grateful and you don't like you don't really appreciate what you have that can get really difficult and so 2021 was this weird feeling of I don't know imagine waking up you know you you could go and do whatever you want that day you could go and buy nice new things you you could go and buy a fucking Rolex watch if that's what you want but imagine waking up and just just kind of feeling confused all the time I just kind of felt confused all the time why was I sad why was I not happy why was I not feeling grateful why was I not feeling satisfied it was tough and so I kind of not the giving up on life part but I kind of decided I fuck I I don't want this anymore I can't really I can't handle this anymore, I suppose. And then I moved to the mindset to, you know, well, let's let's start doing something about it. And you know, I started working with a new therapist, and um, and and things, you know, it took off. And and you have to, as he called it, you have to do the work, and you have to meditate, and you have to go for little walks, and you have to actively. I was I was talking to a friend the other day, and they were a bit hungover, and I said, you know, it's it's funny you you think the reason you think the reason why if you don't go out at the weekend right and you wake up and you feel pretty good monday and tuesday you think the reason why you feel good is because you didn't go out but actually that that's a contributing factor but you actually feel good because you went to the gym on sunday because you ate well on sunday because maybe you did some yoga on sunday because maybe you went to socialize with your family or your friends but when you go out on a friday or a saturday and then you don't go to the gym and you don't go for a run and you know you you eat shit you probably eat and drink more shit on the sunday can of coke can of fanta chinese takeaway food etc etc you lie in bed all day you feel sorry for yourself it's actually it's it's everything adds up and so when you're working with a therapist and you start putting these things in place these kind of like i guess positive stimulating things that can create change you know the the change does happen and so that's kind of like fast forward in 2021 and and so in 2022 i had to make you know some decisions about well how much am i willing to sacrifice for athletics because 2021 felt like I sacrificed everything not everything but you know I I isolated myself I I stayed at home a lot I went on training camps the altitude a lot when I was on camps I said no to a lot of social activities and I isolated myself quite a bit and all it led to was unhappiness and even if the race results had gone well let's say I did different training but I was unhappy in life but the race results went well I don't think it would have been enough I don't think I'd have thought to myself 
oh yes, that was worth it. Because if your balance, you know, if your balance in life isn't where it needs to be, you're you're not really that happy. And happiness, happiness is such an interesting thing. Like, am I racing Rotterdam because I want the race result to make me happy? No fucking way. I'm kind of racing Rotterdam because I'm just curious, having done all this training, you know, what sort of race result can I achieve? I'm curious on race day, can I run a very disciplined race? I'm curious on race day, you know, how are the new Under Armour shoes going to feel, etc., etc. There's there's curiosities that I have, but I'm I'm certainly this time round not sorry I'm taking my hay fever tablet. I'm certainly this time round not not like praying that you know this race goes well so that I can you know be happy at the end of it. Hold on. And that's a far different approach than normally. And it's it's because 2022, for me, has been all about balance. And so I, I've done things that I wouldn't normally do. And some of those have been really healthy. And some of those have been borderline, not unprofessional, but, you know, going out and having three or four Guinness on a Friday and then having like a couple of espresso martinis and getting home at 11.30 p.m. and then, you know, still getting up and training the next morning. It's not... Unprofessional is a... It seems a very unfair word. You're, you're, you're finding a balance that works for you. There, there's a suggestion that back in the day, 70s, 80s, maybe even 90s, athletes would have drunk four or five beers a day, but they ran a lot more. So 10 miles in the morning, eight miles at night, 10 miles, 10 miles, et cetera, et cetera. And so they were always offsetting the calories, et cetera, et cetera. But I tried to find this balance whereby I've worked on happiness outside of running. And then by doing that, by working on happiness outside of running, I've kind of, I've kind of narrowed down. Let's think, think of a, think of a. Um, I don't think it's a bar graph. Maybe it is a bar graph. Think of a bar graph. You know, on Twitter when you vote on things, A, B, C, D, and you pick A, and everybody else picks A, and so A goes to a hundred, hundred zero zero zero. So think of a hundred. I I used to sit. My happiness used to be like 20% life, 80% running. If running's going well, I've allowed running to make up 80% of my happiness. If running's not going well, well, even if everything else in life is absolutely amazing, I can still only be 20% happy. And so naturally, all that's happened in 2022 is I haven't confused the situation. I've... I've allowed running probably to take up about 20-30% of that happiness. I think that's pretty fair, 20-30%. That doesn't mean I'm only dedicating myself 20 or 30%. You know, I've actually averaged my most mileage ever for Rotterdam leading up to a marathon. 
certainly in the last five years. Um, you know, I've I've done the hard stuff. I came to England to do the track stuff to work really hard on the track. Um, there's there's certainly been I actually cleaned up my nutrition. I didn't. This is a this is some this was another part of the balance. Call it balance, right? And so normally with two weeks to go to a big race, you know, I, I I'll admit it. I starve myself, and I I do that because I think. That if I lose maybe a kilo, you know, it'll it'll really help. It'll really help the race result. It'll it'll really help my confidence, etc. etc. And so I go through this kind of like, and it, it's sometimes been longer than two weeks. Sometimes it's three weeks. Some weeks it's four weeks. And I I go I go very. I, I have a decent lunch. I eat fruit in the afternoon. And then I have salad for dinner, like maybe salad and chicken, salad, chicken and avocado. But I basically starve myself the calories for a good three or four weeks. And I shred down and I get really skinny. And, and, and I suppose in the past that would give me confidence. But this time round, I, I, I didn't do that for London Marathon, let me tell you. I want to report that. That's quite important. Um, but this time round, I decided... No, that's not that's not the balance that I'm going for. The whole theme of this 2022 build up has been about balance, right? Getting that balance right. And so logically, whenever I've maybe traveled or, you know, maybe I'm only running seven miles because I'm tapering and it gets to dinner time and my brain is telling me that basically I should starve because you know, you've only ran seven miles today and like you're 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 trying to cut down before the race. And then I have to just be logical about it and say, mm, nah, I don't I don't think I should do that because if I starve and then I pick up a sore throat or a bit of a cold or, you know, my, my muscles feel a bit achy the next day, that's not gonna help the race. And so would that sore throat hinder the race? more than losing what a fucking fourth of a kilo a quarter of a kilo a fifth of a kilo and normally the answer is yeah the sore throat would fuck you up a bit more than the fifth of a kilo and it's interesting because there's a lot of races I kind of look back on and I kind of think it's kind of shitty that I felt worse on race day and my heart rate was far higher than maybe what I did in the build-up and then I'm kind of looking at it and I'm thinking, well, yeah, maybe you allowed the last seven to 10 days when you were fucking starving yourself. Maybe you fucked it up. That could be wrong. Who knows? But that's balance, right? And so at Rotterdam, I will get the exact result that I deserve, right? It's a really simple statement. At Rotterdam, my application to training my focus my dedication my investment etc etc will all add up and as long as i but even if i don't execute and, and be disciplined on race day i'll get the result i deserve it's that it's kind of that simple and sometimes it's not the result you want sometimes it's a result that blows your mind you know like and and I'm excited because you know it, it's 
it was never supposed to be. In the last couple of weeks, it's felt special. It's felt good. You know, the training's felt good. I've been in a really good place whereby I'm laughing quite a lot. I'm happy. You know, it, it's 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 really fucking interesting being like a bit happier. It's it's cool. You know, it's it's nice. It's I I I talk more and um and well, I suppose that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but yeah, it's nice. And so, you know, I know that it's repeatable. But Rotterdam was never supposed to be. The reason I didn't go to altitude, um, things like this, like it, it was always set up to be a bit of a trial. If you remember back to January, February, I was doing the, the threshold stuff and the double sessions and threshold in the morning, threshold at night, trying to replicate how much, you know, thresholdy type stuff I did before London. And then I realized, okay, well, this really helps, but it looks like if I don't do any harder stuff than threshold, you know, I kind of get a bit stale. <clears throat> and then we did a little bit of that. And so it was always supposed to be a bit of a trial, but it was, but it was also a trial to see if, and I'm sorry to come back to it, but it, it was a trial to see if this idea of balance could work. I don't know why I keep like, overemphasizing the word balance <laughs> balance anyway like <laughs> balance um yeah just to see if like this idea of balance could work and um and that was new to me too because i had i i talk about painting these pictures we paint these pictures and and you don't you don't literally paint it you well you can if you buy a whiteboard and you you want to write on your whiteboard but you paint these pictures that says to be a good runner. That's how it starts. That's how the, the statement starts. It says to be a good runner, I need to do X. I need to do Y. I need to do Z. To be a good runner, I need to starve myself the last two weeks before a race. I need to do that because I'm heavier than most marathon runners. To be a good runner, I should never socialize. To be a good runner, I should never go out past. 8 p.m. at night because everybody knows you should be in bed by nine to be a good runner i shouldn't go to the pub with friends because alcohol is bad alcohol equals i don't know dehydration poor sleep poor mindset so you paint your own picture and over 15 to 20 years in sport i had continuously improved my picture and let's be honest and my my results improved because of that you know nobody can nobody can question that as my picture improved and i added new ideas and i added new sacrifices and i added like yeah just my picture changed so your picture changes and with that comes you know hold on a second i'm just drinking for train so yeah, your as your picture changes, so too does your um just expectation of yourself. But also if you've decided, you know, all these things to be successful um are necessary. So you've decided, you know, to to be successful 
I need to starve myself in the last two weeks before a race. And I, I'm sorry to keep fucking saying that. I, I hope you did pick up on the part where I said that's not a good idea. Um, if you want to lose weight, lose it probably like two months out from a competition and, and not in probably the most important part, which is the last two weeks, um, where you need to stay healthy and, and all these things. Um, but basically, if... If a picture you've painted has all these expectations, right? And these expectations are, like I said, no socializing, no blah, blah, blah. In order for you to be confident on the start line, you, you need to kind of, you need to match that criteria. If that makes sense, it does make sense. You guys know what I'm saying. So if you don't match the demands of your own picture, well, then you're not confident. And so I, I've likely painted this really unrealistic picture or idea of what it would take to be really successful. And so the picture in my head, you're looking at probably going to Ethiopia, Kenya, training really hard, getting really skinny and I'm not the only person that has this picture let's be honest getting really skinny getting really fit and you know flying back to sea level and running incredible you know and that's over time time experience what I've seen other people do that that became that became the picture right and so what I had to do in 2022 this year was I was like, fair enough, you've, you've, you've been working on this perfect idea of what you think is the perfect build-up. But then all of a sudden, improvement isn't always linear. And so for, for a period of time, it helped and I got better and my results got better and all the rest of it. But what was, what was gradually happening was I was probably get more and more you know unhappy in a way and my, my my balance was moving to a place that wasn't sustainable both both for results in terms of running because as you saw my my results got worse in 2021 but also then just from a a happiness perspective i don't know i don't I, I, there's no point me saying i don't know i couldn't go on doing what I was doing. It's that simple. I couldn't sustain that anymore. That that way of that way of living, that way of existing. I couldn't do it anymore. So if I wanted to if I wanted to be happy and, and if I wanted to, you know, still exist as a runner, I had to I had to really sort my shit out. Um and that yeah that that was a big change. That was a, that was a difficult change to make. Um, and so I made it. And so, like I said, this idea of balance has been, it's been really interesting to kind of, to kind of go with because I've had to, I've had to really like, yeah, just correct a lot of things. I've had to like almost tell myself off quite a lot. So when I'm, you know, moving to that headspace of, yeah, you should definitely starve today. Then I need it. Because like, 
I, my brain will be like, yeah, you should probably just fucking drink water and lemon juice for three days. And then I've got to be like, will you stop being such a fucking twat? Don't be so stupid. And I, I do a bit of coaching, some people might know. And it's one of the people that I've been helping coach had a poor race. And I asked, well, you know, what do you think contributed to that? And if they told me that, you know, they decided to starve for three days because they wanted to lose a kilo, half a kilo. Jesus, I would, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I'd be like, are you okay? You know, it's only a race. And then I'd be like, but fuck me, like, what part of you thought that was logical? You know, oh, you you had a sore throat on race day. Interesting, you know, no surprise. And so, but what I'm, the, the point I'm trying to make is it's our, it's our own psychology that, that has painted the picture of that expectation. It's an expectation, right? You, you made it an expectation that you'd be a certain weight to be successful. Now, you might have been that weight previously and achieved success. However, don't underestimate the hard work that you put in previously to achieve that result. If you think the reason you achieved that result is because you were a certain weight, again, let me tell you, in 2021, my weight was fine, but my race results were not fine. So there's a lot of things I got right in 2021 on paper, but I can tell you that the race results did not work out the way I probably thought they were going to, based on what I kind of knew about athletics and this picture I painted. If, if you get a certain weight, if you do this amount of days at altitude, if you say no to this, this like these sort of social obligations, you will perform. And I did not perform. You know, I think that goes without saying. So I had to change a lot. And then with change comes, it's, it's different. So you have to kind of adapt in a way and um, be flexible and, um, and, and, you have to have a bit of faith and 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 then what happens is you know you get you get a couple of weeks in and you know maybe things aren't going exactly how you thought they would go and and then sorry to swear but you you fucking shit yourself because you're panicking that oh shit I thought this would work and it fucking hasn't <laughs> and and that's the next part I'm going to talk about briefly but what does it actually mean when you say, I think this is going to work, right? That's when, that's where ambition comes from. Now, if you're happy and you're content and you're, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're excited to go about your day, whether it's, I'm not saying excited all the time. Sorry, I'm putting some clothes on. I'm not saying excited all the time, but like more days than not, you're pretty chirpy and you know you're looking forward to go about your day oh that, that running vest looks pretty fucking cool with that big lion tattoo i like that i'm a big fan of that oh sorry you're gonna have to forgive me but if if you have a decent balance and you're pretty happy with your balance right fuck i'm back to balance 
I, I don't know how you know if you're happy or not. I think you just know. But if you're in a pretty good place and you're pretty happy and you race and you run, I don't know, three hours and 20 minutes, you don't, you don't really realize it. But that's probably a better result at the end of that day. When the day goes over, it's probably a better result than what three hours and 10 minutes would be if you're miserable. And you don't even have to go as far as miserable if you're just a bit unhappy because you're, and I'm back to balance, your balance hasn't been good. I'm just going to take my last wee sip of coffee here, wee bit of wee boost. But that's why it's so important because these results, these race results, they don't really mean anything. They're, they're supposed to mean something to you, right? If I go and I run, let's say on Sunday I go and run two hours and nine minutes and 30 seconds, and everybody's going to, not everybody, but that's going to excite some people, and some people are going to be happy for me. Some people are going to be a bit inspired. Some people are going to be, I don't know, like relieved because, I don't know, some people might be angry. Again, I don't know. But at the end of the day, in a week, two weeks, but you know, in a couple of days, actually, it kind of all gets forgotten about, no matter who you are. Do you know what? I was watching, this is, this is a prime example. I was watching the Chelsea game last night, Chelsea versus Real Madrid. And I watched it at the half time, and then I was tired, so I was going to go to bed. I couldn't fucking tell you who won. No idea, no clue. Didn't wake up this, even though I was invested in it last night and I was really enjoying it. It was a really exciting game. There was a lot of goals in the first half. I didn't even wake up today to check who won. And so that's Chelsea and fucking Real Madrid. So you have to accept the only person the race result should matter to is yourself, just you. And that, it doesn't mean the people that help you shouldn't care and all this sort of stuff, but it should matter something to you. And that's, that's really what's important. And so kind of stop worrying about what everybody else thinks. And if your balance is good, you might not run that fast. You might run faster. This is, this is the mad thing about life. You might actually run faster and wouldn't that be fantastic. But at the end of the day, if you're pretty content and you're satisfied and you go home happy and you can have, you know, a pint, a sparkling water with orange juice, I don't know, you can have that and enjoy it and sit there and you're happy with the effort you put in. You're happy with how you executed the race. You really enjoyed the city that you raced around. What the fuck's the problem? You know, what's the problem? There is no problem. And so... Result is very, first of all, it's very relative. Um, but usually, usually expectation comes from investment. And so the more you invest, the, the higher your expectations are for obvious reasons, because you've invested quite heavily. And so you, there's this, there's this kind of like, need for a good result 
But actually, if you found a, a pretty healthy balance, you know, that that need for a great result just isn't as, it's just not as potent. It's not as strong. You'd like a good result, but you don't need it. You're okay either way. All right. So I think that's plenty about balance, keyword of the day. Um, but look, if we turn the focus now to um, kind of like expectation or, you know, what I'm, what I'm looking out of um, Rotterdam. And I suppose, I suppose I have to get back to being like a, um, a disciplined racer. And so I think part of the problem with Boston, for example, aside from not preparing for hills, which, you know, I, I think if you're going to race Boston, um, specifically race Boston and, you know, in the likes of the lead group where it's not uncommon for, you know, um, paces to change. So in the lead group, the pace would change quite a lot. And so you might find the, you know, the, the guys leading would push the pace up the hill and then maybe really slow it down on the downhill or vice versa, take it quite easy up the hill and then push on the downhill. And it fluctuates quite a lot. And if you haven't, if you haven't prepared for fluctuations in pace, and the up and the down, it can be it can be really difficult, which I find out. But aside from aside from not being prepared for hills, I I simply didn't run a very disciplined race. And so what I what I try to do in most of my marathons is ignore the competition. So it's it's difficult to do. It was speci- it was especially difficult, sorry, in the likes of, let's say, like Dublin Marathon when, you know, you've, you're racing guys that you, you perhaps, you don't want them to get a gap on you or you don't want them to sit on you or things like this. And so in races where it can feel quite personal to allow somebody to get a gap on you and stuff, that can be quite difficult. However the best marathons I've raced, I've just not really give a fuck, you could say, about anybody else in the race, except for myself. And that's one of the goals for Rotterdam, is to get back to a place where I'm the only focus, and my focus is on me running the best race for me, and then where I end up in the field, and where other athletes end up, well, you know, that's, that's up to them. And so what you do is you run your race and then if you find running at the effort that's right for you, there happens to be maybe a group of athletes or a a number of athletes close to you. You can work with those athletes, but only so long as the effort is right for you. If it gets too fast, you know, it might be time to let that group go. If it gets too slow, it might be time for you know you to move on, and so that's one of the goals for Rotterdam. the The other goal was always to get the likes of my call it marathon career back on track a little bit. So twenty twenty one, it obviously took a 
a bit of a hit. Um, and so it was to, it was to kind of show myself that when I prepare well, and when I run a disciplined race on race day, I can still produce a good marathon. And so that's, that's important. Um, I haven't, I've talked about PBs, but I've talked about PBs in a very, not, I don't want to say lighthearted, and I'm certainly not trying to like cop out of any notion that I think I can PB or if I didn't think I could PB, I wouldn't have talked about PBs in the last two weeks or so. And I do believe there's a realistic chance of a personal best, but it's not necessarily one of the goals. So the main goals are to execute a good race plan, to get a solid result, which would get the marathon career back on track, to hit to hit qualifying standards for world champs, Commonwealth Games and European champs, because at the moment I don't have any. And so you can see why a disciplined race needs to happen. A, a well-executed race needs to happen because I only really have one shot at this. And, you know, if I... If I if I'm disciplined and I execute well, I should be able to achieve those first three goals, you could say, which is world champ standard, disciplined race, execute well. And then there's an element of like I would just like to enjoy myself. So I'm going to Rotterdam. I'm really lucky to be part of a very, very, very competitive field of marathoners. And so there has to be an element of enjoyment and you know, go go there and, and race, specifically race over hopefully the last three to four miles and, and try to, you know, have a positive experience where potentially you're passing people or you're in a competitive situation with somebody. Um and so look it's it's really simple and there's no there's no like cop out there. You just can't you can't really control PB's come that's that's kind of one of the things if you're chasing a pb you know it it very rarely comes but usually when you've applied yourself in a build-up and things things come right there's i've seen i've seen snippets of a personal best like i told you about the testing i told you about some of the stuff i did in bushy park it's not it's not obvious you know i'm not fucking running around bushy park 10 seconds quicker than my marathon pace at marathon effort not at all you know the test the test said at 2.1 lactate you could equal your pb it didn't say you know at 2.1 lactate you can smash your pb by five seconds a k or two and a half seconds per k sorry which would have been the you know the next stage up so look there's there's been little snippets of hope that would suggest if things if things went well, there likely could be a personal best. But I also appreciate how hard I worked in that build up for London 2020. And, you know, I did the altitude camp and, and I did some really aggressive hard training up in Font Rameau. And so there, you have to respect that. And you also just have to respect the marathon. It's it's 26.2 miles and a lot can happen. And um, yeah, so I'm I'm open to the idea that a PB could be possible but it's it's not it's not going to be a run in the park. You don't go and run very close or Irish national records, you know, and and take what that means lightly. It it I it would require a lot of things to go well 
but like I said, I've prepared very well and um, there hasn't really been interruptions and um, it kind of gives you every chance. So I guess what I'd finish on is um, I went and got the Olympic tattoo, Olympic rings tattoo. And, um, I quite enjoyed the experience, if I'm honest. It was, a lot of people said it was very, very sore around the ribs and I guess I, I've learned that I kind of like a little bit of pain and suffering and I don't mean that in like well there's two ways I don't mean that in I don't mean that in some kind of like psychotic way I also don't mean it in some sort of like macho macho look at me type way I just realized that and this is this will be important for everybody when you go through a little bit of pain and suffering and it's painful or it's irritating or it's uncomfortable or and that can be anything from a tattoo to an ice bath you know little things like this that that make you uncomfortable I've learned there's quite a nice feeling at the other side when you when you cope well and then there's also this idea that I I went for um I went and got a lion tattoo and a skull um I did that yesterday and I've also realized that this is quite also quite important um no matter how painful and uncomfortable and it's not the fucking nicest thing in the world to have someone slicing away at your arm <laughs> um but I also realized you know it's temporary and at the time it felt like my god we're only a quarter of the way through or you know that's an hour in and a three hours to go and you know it it even though I was in there for I think about four four and a half hours of slicing and scratching and poking and um yeah cutting away at my arm I suppose you could say I I came out the other side knowing fine well that pain is very very temporary it's very very temporary because you know you get to go on with your day gets to 6 p.m and you get to watch the football or you know sorry 8 p.m and you know you get to come home and have your dinner and any of that worry and and annoyance or uncomfortableness it's gone it's in the past and so I think that's important if you're you've got a race or a training session or remember that whatever it is you're dealing with with if it's uncomfortable if it's whatever it is you know it it's likely very temporary and you know at the other side is usually a real yeah just a real sense of achievement I suppose you could say where you feel quite good about yourself because you were able to, you know, kind of deal with something that perhaps you thought at the time you wouldn't be able to deal with. And so that's where we're at. I am, I am getting nervous. Um, that's the last, I just did the last tempo this morning. I, I did this podcast in two parts um, and, and tempo felt good. It's, it's, it must be 20 five mile per hour winds today if anybody's training um on thursday let's see google weather teddington 26 mile per hour winds yeah didn't feel pretty and i would say there was gusts up to like um 30 odd mile an hour like it was it was fairly aggressive um so yeah let's hope it's not like that at the weekend because i think we ran like four 450 odd for a mile and then the next mile was like 515 
and then we were back to like 440 something which it's just you just can't be asked with that in a marathon you can't be dealing with that up and, and down and up and, and down your heart rates up and down like a yo-yo but no look it, the body felt good i did some strides uh, the tempo just felt like i don't know just like how a tempo would it's a bit it's a bit dull and a bit boring um but the strides felt good so um i was able to bang out a few strides at the end and um i have to say the the, the body felt really good um and that's that's really what i want is just to yeah feel good on the likes of those strides because um that sort of tells you if you have a you know a bit of life in the legs a little bit of pop in the legs so um yeah i'm I'm chuffed to pieces with that so all right i'm gonna leave you at that these podcasts are just getting longer and longer i tell you and that's up to nearly 50 minutes but look i appreciate you guys all listening balance is key you know balance now let's see if on sunday night i'm still talking about (laughs) balance um but yeah look i'm excited so um let's hope fingers can be crossed and um let's hope it goes well